February is Heart Health Month, and Tommy and I were trying to think about how we could talk about this issue, and I was really passionate about it because I've had a little bit of heart health scare during this whole pandemic and been learning a lot about um, my body and my benchmarks. And then we realized that we have a mutual friend that underwent open heart surgery last fall and who's a friend of the show, hilarious to talk to. We love her so much. So I, I did, we're going to get to uh, Wendy Rieger. Uh, we sit down and we talk about, um, virtually of course, about her journey and how she found out um, she needed open heart surgery, which is just incredible and she's doing great. But I wanted to ask you guys, um, it, first off for women, it's like the number one killer, mostly because we don't know our own benchmarks and we're so focused on that sort of our, our lady parts and taking care of that, um, that we don't know our benchmarks, like our heart rate and our blood pressure. And um, I learned all those things in the last couple months and it's been quite the journey. And I wanted to ask Courtney, you first, if you knew what your um, you know sitting heart rate is and, and your benchmark for blood pressure. Blood pressure, not so much. Um, I do know quite a bit about heart rate only because I feel like I've been strapped up to monitors being an athlete since I was like 15. And I would be like embarrassed that my heart rate was so high because that meant that I was out of shape. Um, <laughs> um, so I like heart rate is, I know that, and I feel like with so many different um, apps and technology that, that we have so much more access to know that information ourselves with Apple Watch, you can understand what your resting heart rate is. Um, and I do know it's interesting, like as, as, as an athlete or even like anybody that works out, yes, you do have access to these things. Um, but like your resting heart rate is so important and like taking that over a period of time, right? Like not just one day, but if you like wake up one day and you're like, wow, I feel really tired. If you check your resting heart rate and you kind of collectively take that data, you can figure out maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. Maybe I'm not drinking enough. Yep. Um, Wow. But again, like I, I only know those things from being an athlete and because I've been, like I said, strapped up to monitors for, for so long. But blood pressure, not so much. I think I have good blood pressure, but I'm not sure. It's the, it's the same thing, taking your blood pressure. I now have a monitor that speaks to my phone um, and I have high blood pressure or I have elevated mm. blood pressure. And, um, they, and here's what happened to me. And this is just a warning. I went to my doctor, my regular doctor, for a checkup. Um, it was elevated at the time. They call it white coat syndrome, where you're like, you're nervous seeing a doctor, so your blood pressure is up. Mm -hmm. And they kind of blew it off. And then I started, I started doing, because my dad has high blood pressure, so I started getting a little bit more curious about it. And then it turns out I did have high blood pressure, and I was really upset with my doctor being like, why didn't you flag this? So it is such an important thing to kind of know, especially as women. And Tommy, you're, you're looking here, and men, you know, all the time, I get strokes and heart attacks. Do you know your resting heart rate and your blood pressure? No, I don't. I didn't realize it would be a pop quiz today. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, but, but heart disease runs in my family as well, and I'm 34, and so I'm like, at the next physical, are we starting to talk about this kind of stuff? Like, no. when does that start to happen? I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit behind on my physical because of the pandemic. Yeah. But that's not a that's not an excuse to to not get in there and get it get yourself. Well, hopefully after, out. Hopefully after you hear about Wendy Rieger's journey, um, she's in her sixties, but has just been very aware. She's had an on. Did she say you could say that? Yes, I think she okay. says it in the interview. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, it's been nice knowing you, Kelly. <laughs> 
Um, so she she has had a um, for the last couple of years has had AFib, which is um, her mitral valve um, is working overtime, and she talks mm-hmm. about how she knew about it and she knew that she had to do something. Um, at some point, open heart surgery might be an option. And here she is in her own words talking about her experience of when she knew it was time. What happens is with AFib, it starts vibrating. And so it's going boom, 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 And it's a flutter, boom, 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 boom. And then it does this weird thing where just nothing, it gets quiet. Because you're listening and going, what just happened? Where'd I go? That's scary. Hello, knock, knock, are you there? And it's, it's, this thing is out of, is spasming and it just can't get its rhythm down. And the problem is the interior of the heart is, uh, think of it like the underside of a mushroom. It's got all these little crevices and blood clots up there because blood is very sticky and blood can form little clots that hide up in those little crevices. While this thing is vibrating, it can let a clot loose and that clot can go down and go up into your brain and you have a stroke. So that's why AFib is so dangerous and why they need to discover it as soon as you get it. You need to know what the symptoms are of AFib and so that as soon as you feel it, you can call your doctor and, but then again, I didn't know what AFib was. I didn't know I had it. I just knew my heart fluttered a lot for months. You know, it's ridiculous how brainwashed we women are to ignoring our bodies, except when we need Botox or fillers, you know, cosmetics, we care a lot about. We see our dermatologists and our cosmetic people constantly, and I I bet a lot of women don't ever see a, a, a cardiologist and seeing your doctor once a year and having them put a stethoscope on you is not enough. Women need to add a cardiologist is as important to a woman as a gynecologist. Did you know that you would have to have surgery at some point? And if so, like, was that like a scary thought for you? Like a heart surgery going into your, you know, body, playing with the most important or- organ, or were you just like, okay, I got this. I know it's coming down the road. I'm prepared. Well, I, I knew it was coming down the road, and I went and saw Dr. Paul. My, my regular cardiologist is Jonathan Yeager. I went and saw Paul Massimiano, who is the uh, cardio, cardiovascular surgeon, and he's at White Oak, uh, in, uh, at the Adventist White Oak, the new hospital. So when I went to see him, he is sort of a, a, a pioneer and perfected what's called non-invasive, where they go in through your rib cage and, and access your heart, depending on what valve they're fixing. And, but he, after he did some x-rays and stuff with me, he said, anatomically, I don't feel it's safe to go in through the side. I'm going to have to cut you open. And that was kind of, whoa, wait, what? You know, because I'm thinking of having Band-Aid surgery, and he's just going to, like, go robot in and beep, 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 you know, (laughs) robot out. And I'm going to be like, hey, you know, in a week, I'm going to be, you know, downhill skiing or something. I don't even do that when I'm well. But I'm going to downhill ski. And, um... He said, I just have to cut, I'll sh- they have to cut, here's the scar. And he said, I have to cut oh my gosh. to your sternum. It scares people. You just let, yeah, let me show that, show that again. I, and I'm in the big screen now. Here we oh, go. My yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, is that as far so, down as it go? I, I don't want to see any more, Wendy. Goes, <laughs> well, you don't have to show me. Okay. I'm not going to. I'm okay. sure people are going, you know, we, we don't want to know Wendy this much. Um... <laughs> 
So they, uh, and by the way, just as an aside, I have no problem showing this. To me, our scars are our scars. They're just uh, part of, our, of the dialogue of our stories. So, um, and if you put makeup on, the makeup gets all over your clothes. So get used to it, people. <laughs> um, so that, I think, the cutting open your chest, but, but he said, um, we'll, we'll cut through your sternum, we pull apart your rib cage, and he said, we, we put you, you're going to be on a heart-lung machine, and the beauty of going through your chest is that you don't stay on the heart-lung machine as long. They do stop your heart. And that was probably the only thing that I went, and I said, um, what makes it come back and, you know, start beating again? And they said, um, oh, it's doctor, you know, like, oh, well, we just fill it with potassium and blah, 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 and it just starts beating. And that was the only thing that, that kind of, I walked out of his office and thought, oh, oh, oh. And uh, what if it doesn't start beating again? So I started doing a lot of research on that. The heart, they can take cells of the heart. It's, by the way, it's the first thing that starts beating as soon as, as the embryo is formed, the heart starts beating. The heart, those cells start beating. And they can take cells and put them in a Petri dish and they will beat. The oh my heart, gosh. Isn't that fabulous? The heart just wants to beat. It just wants to beat. So uh, I'm, I'm surprised. Well, how are you going to, you know, I don't think it wants to be stopped. So um, I actually wasn't, after I got all the information, I was never really scared. Um, I mean, I didn't go redo my will. I didn't, I have all that stuff done anyway. You, you have to, your, your DNRs and all that kind of crap, you know, you have to give that, I had to give that to my brother just in case there was something, but I actually wasn't scared. I actually felt that once someone tells you that your heart is only operating at about 80 or 85%, suddenly the bike rides you went on where, you know, you didn't, you had trouble going up the hills and what have you, suddenly you realize how, how kind of suppressed your energy has been. And I was excited to get to the other side of this so that I could get my energy back. I wanted to have my heart going full blast and I didn't realize how bad, how badly it was handicapped by this valve. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, 1000%. The hardest part of recovery, I was in the ICU for four days. Well, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days. Um, you're exhausted. You, you have just had uh, this massive trauma to your heart and to your lungs. And the exhaustion is, I have never felt it before. I, I couldn't, and they get you out of bed immediately. I mean, you know, I almost wanted to pay the guy. I will pay you. I'll write you a check right now for stay in bed. They're like, get up, you got to walk. And I, I was like the space station walking down the hall with all of the monitors and all these people around me and holding me up. Uh, just trying to get, you know, 20 feet down the hall, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. Okay, so you're in the hospital for five days. You, you, you come home. Do you need someone to, to help care for you? Yeah, do you have to I change have, your diet? Like, would um, you have to exercise you know, again? There's so much going on, and because they cut open your chest, you can't use your arms. You can't do anything that engages your pectoral. So they give you this big, um, this heart pillow that you have to hug because it keeps you from move, using your arms. You can't get out of bed. 
someone has to pull you out of bed, or my boyfriend Dan was hearing. In the middle of the night, I'd be trying to get up, you know, trying to cantilever myself. And his, I feel his hand, well, he was asleep, come over and just like shove me. Like, Thank you. It's surprising how fast you're, you're kind of back to human, although you feel bad and you're exhausted, but they want you walking. Um, the first, the one week anniversary of my surgery, one week, I walked three miles. Oh my gosh. I walked, no, wait a minute. I walked a mile and a half. First okay. week I walked a mile well, and a half. still. Yeah, slow. I wasn't, I was, and I just stopped a couple of times, but I live here and I mean, my apartment is in Chevy Chase. I walked to Creighton Barrel in Spring Valley. Cause honey, wow. you gotta go, to, you gotta go shop for furniture. <laughs> after you've had open heart surgery you got to go look at a vase so yeah i walked there and back with a girlfriend and um they want you walking the doctor they call to check you every day and they go get out of bed we, we want you up and we want you taking deep breaths and don't baby yourself this person said don't baby yourself you gotta you're tough your heart's fine it's all good just don't don't break the hardest part was the sternum because they have it all wired I saw the x-ray it looks like it looked like the doctor dropped his uh, earbuds in there like <laughs> but um, no they don't want you to do this is their biggest concern I am not kidding is this this is your biggest concern your journey is incredible and so just to kind of like wrap up here I can you say like three or four things or maybe it's ten things what you can do to like take care of yourself like advice from Wendy Rieger who's had open heart surgery the floor is yours what would you tell people to get better at their taking care of their heart health pay attention to yourself pay attention to your body do not take it for granted if you have belly fat that fat is the most dangerous fat on your body that fat is sitting there pointing a gun at your heart that's the most dangerous fat you have Pay attention to that. Don't just say, hey, hey, look at my gut. Um, do something about it. We have to, I think, practice impulse control in all aspects of our lives, not only in what we're eating, but also in how we're speaking. I mean, right now, there's, we're, we're just out of control saying and doing anything we want. I think impulse control, practice it. Life requires some discipline and you'll feel better if you apply discipline not only to how you eat and how you exercise and how you rest and be quiet and be still and pay attention to not only your consciousness but listen to your heart lie in bed at night and, and you can hear it it's listen to that that's all you have is something this big is the only thing keeping us alive um, the other thing would be cook cook your own food just cook your own food i think the touching and the relationship uh, with what's external to us that is going to become internal i think we have to build that bond up um i i think that's that's an, an exercise this doesn't mean i went to a restaurant for lunch yesterday had a salad the guys there brought me a big chunk of chocolate cake it was about the size of my head and they came up because they recognized me. And I was there with a girlfriend. And I looked at that chocolate cake and I thought, I'm going to have, it was enough cake for like five people. So I took <laughs> a sliver of it and I ate it. I'm not saying don't, 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 don't. 
discipline is not about denial. Discipline is about really carving and sculpting and treating yourself artfully so that you can continue to carry on. I'm going to be turning 65 in, in April, and I, I want to, I know what it's like to be debilitated. I know the greatest lesson I learned was waking up and realizing I couldn't move. I was exhausted. I don't want to ever feel that again. I don't want to ever feel that loss of control. I want to be in control of my body as long as I can. I know there are circumstances that are beyond my control. But I, I don't want to ever feel helpless again. And I, it's nothing. Uh, the margarita, the chocolate cake, nothing. The, the you know, ribeye steak, nothing is worth it. No, nothing to me. You know, when you're lying in bed and you can't move and you're sick and, and suddenly it's like, hey, how'd you enjoy that? How's that ribeye now? How's that feel now? And yes, as a treat, yes, but we have really got to rein it in. That, that's really good advice and a good reminder. Wendy Rieger, legendary anchor from NBC4, a friend of the show, sharing her story about open heart surgery, and you are just alive and kicking more than ever. It's so good to see you um, healthy and happy. Thank you. Thank you. Give a big smoochie to Tommy. Oh, I will. I, from, a, from a safe social distance. Yes, of course. <laughs> like this, but like here. <laughs>